Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together, verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel Today we'll be looking in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 16, down through chapter 4, verse 8. And today, um, it starts off, For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? He's talking about people doubting. Now remember, in chapter 4, this whole chapter, I mean, scar, I'm sorry, in chapter 3, this whole chapter is talking about doubting. It's talking about hardening our hearts and the dangers that happen when we doubt when we allow our hearts to be hardened. And remember back in chapter 2, we were talking about the dangers of just us drifting. When we drift, when we don't do anything with our faith, we just, we are not trusting in God. We're not trusting in the Father on the cru- uh, of our Father. Um, as Jesus trusted when He was on the cross, He was hanging on the cross. And what was He doing? He was in total trust. He was trusting in his father on the cross. And so, um, we have to consider our faith very carefully. Um, And we get a true picture of trust and of worship and of hope from Jesus right there on the cross. And in chapter 3, we're talking about the dangers of doubting and having hardened hearts. And he was giving examples of the Old Testament generation um, not trusting his, his word, or the, um, the Exodus generation not trusting. So their doubt, their unbelief, left them in a spiritual wilderness for 40 years. And in the same way, when we don't trust God uh, with our hearts, it's um, a spiritual wilderness for us. So he has just finished quoting Psalm 95. He said uh, in chapter 3, verse 15, And as it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. In other words, as in the uh, Exodus generation having hardened hearts when uh, the nation Israel just couldn't trust God, even though Moses had just brought them out of Egypt. So when we harden your hearts, like the Exodus generation, or even in the good news generation, when the the generation of people that hear Jesus' good news, 
Even though God gives you proof, just like he gave the nation, the Israel, the Exodus generation, he gave them so many signs and wonders and proof, you know, in Egypt, in front of Pharaoh, walking through the Dead uh, Sea, they still try to put him to the test. They still try to provoke God, and this provokes God. Because it says in verse 16, for those who, excuse me, for who were those who heard and yet rebelled, who doubted? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses and with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Okay, these people didn't trust him for 40 years. They just provoked God for 40 years. Could you imagine what a headache that was for God? You know? Can you imagine having a pro- you know you know what it's like having a problem child provoke you but have being provoked for 40 years was it not with those who sinned whose bodies fell in the wilderness okay these are people who heard but yet rebelled verse 18 and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest but to those who were disobedient okay so he's saying that the disobedient, the hard-hearted people who hear his voice, who hear his promises, but whose hearts are hardened, he swears that they're not going to enter his rest. God takes our doubting very seriously, whether it's the Exodus generation or the good news generation. Verse 19, so we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. It's their hardened hearts that cause us to not believe the good news. It's the hardened hearts that cause the Exodus generation not to, not to trust in God. And they did not enter his rest. Now this phrase, entering his rest, is used so many times over and over and it's interesting that entering his rest is talking uh, in Psalm 95. When you don't hear his voice, okay, you don't enter his rest if you don't believe. And when we go back to Psalm 95, it says in verse 7, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the uh, Meribiah as on the day at Manasseh in the wilderness. He's talking about the Old Testament generation. When your fathers put me to the test and put me to proof, though they had seen my work. In other words, they were provoking him. And they were provoking God for 40 years. That's what it says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 17. They provoked him for 40 years. For 40 years I loathed that generation. This is Psalm 95, verse 10. And said, They are a people who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So this is talking about God's rest. Okay? It's quoting back to, directly quoting back to Psalm 95. Entering my rest. Now when you look at that phrase, that phrase comes from Deuteronomy 12, chapter 9. It's talking about rest. For you have not as yet come to the rest and to the inheritance that the Lord your God is giving. So this phrase rest 
it it means more than just sitting around like you're tired of walking like walking in the wilderness but the rest the people the old testament generation were looking for was that rest in the promised land they wouldn't have to wander anymore but the rest that god says he's going to give him something even more than the regular rest he's given them he's going to give them another kind of rest and we'll see later, it's a Sabbath rest. It's a rest of the inheritance. An inheritance, he's, he's sort of painting the picture that you can finally rest. That you can finally rest because you'll have eternal rest. A completeness in God's creation. Being able to be in the rest or the presence of God just as God is rested from his works, you can finally rest because you're a good work too. You're a good work for God's creation and you will finally be completed. Just as God completed his work and rested, you can finally rest in him because you will finally be complete. And that occurs starting with your heart. You, can, you can't be complete as a creation of God if you, don't, if, you, if you hear His voice and you have a hardened heart. You're incomplete. The only way you get to be complete is if you allow God to truly work in your heart. It's all about the heart, isn't it? Keeping our hearts centered on Christ is so paramount for us. Verse 4, I mean, excuse me, chapter 4, then he continues, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, in other words, you know, just it's, not, it's more than just entering the promised land. Rest is more than just a physical location. The promise of entering his rest still stands. Let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. We should fear. We should fear failing to trust God enough, to believe God enough to allow ourselves to enter His rest, His promise of completeness and inheritance that we have. And it starts with our heart. Verse 2, For good news came to us just as to them. In other words, good news from Jesus Christ came to us just as the good news like to the Exodus generation, the good news was, hey, you guys are getting ready to be able to leave Egypt. Now, Egypt in the, in the, is, is a sort of a parable, or not parable, but sort of like a play on words here, because being enslaved in Egypt is like for us being enslaved in sin. Egypt was like sin, and Moses gives them good news. You can leave your sin just like Jesus Christ is giving them us good news that we can leave our sin. Of course, he's made the point that Jesus is superior to Moses, okay? You want to have good news? Jesus has much bigger good news than Moses did. But it's like that. Good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith. They didn't their hearts were hardened. And we will not be united in faith if our hearts are hardened. For we, the verse 3, who have believed enter that rest. 
as he has said. This is the rest, excuse me, the rest of trusting the good news of Christ. We can enter God's rest when we enter his trust. And we will enter his, this rest, which is the trust of the inheritance God is giving us. That's God's rest. This inheritance, this completeness in Christ, in God, in his presence. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. Okay? His works were finished, but we are not finished. We are incomplete until we trust enough to allow ourselves to enter into his rest. It is like a Sabbath day rest. It is being entered into his presence, like you're in the house of God worshiping. Verse 4, for he had somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way. This seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all of his works. And again in this passage, he said, this is again Psalm 95, verse 11. They shall not enter my rest. Okay? So, if we don't trust God, if we don't trust Him enough from our hardened hearts, we can't enter that rest, that peace that comes from the completeness of creation. Our inheritance that we have that God promises us. <clears throat> because when we are in unbelief, we are at odds with God. When we trust Jesus Christ, when we trust our good news we have heard, we, have, we are reconciled to God. We are at peace with God. That's rest, being at peace with God. Therefore, since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news fail to enter because of disobedience or lack of faith or hardened hearts. Again, he appoints a certain day today, saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted. Today, this is back to Psalm 95 again. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Okay, so this is an open invitation. This is not an invitation come and gone. Okay, he appoints a certain day. What day is it that he appoints? He appoints today. That's the day he appoints for you to receive this promise. For you to receive this good news. Right? What day is he appointed for you to receive this good news? Today. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Verse 8, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of this another day. He wouldn't have spoken of today. Okay? It's more than just a physical rest in a, in a physical location. Verse 9, So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Sabbath, a worshiping rest in the presence of God, being reconciled to God. It's that rest that was promised back in Deuteronomy, this inheritance that God was promising. A Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. You are a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. 
We have to work because the danger of drifting in our faith, as Hebrews said back in chapter 2, we have to pay closer attention to what we've heard lest we drift away from it. There's a danger in drifting. There's a danger in doing nothing. There's a danger in not being diligent to pay attention to the Word of God. Lest we drift, lest we harden our hearts. And then that danger of us not being able to enter His rest, His peace, His presence, our inheritance. So, wow, what an amazing study. Really powerful stuff here. So, for me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you next time. And keep your hearts centered on Christ. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia. Matali, hope you had a great weekend. And I can't wait to hear your take on this. So for me to all of you, God bless you. And I'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Hebrews chapter 3 beginning at verse 16 all the way to chapter 4 verses 1 to verse 8. So we are in the section where we are seeing that Christ is superior to Moses and we have a danger signal given and it's the peril of doubting the word of God. So the first danger was given and in our previous study and it was the peril of drifting by God's word and drifting leads to doubting. So obviously, if you neglect the word of God, you drift away from it, eventually you begin to doubt. So it all begins with drifting. So in this section, the writer is talking about rest, the rest of dedication and consecration of committing our hearts to Christ. So that rest in Christ is what the writer is talking about. Let us rest in Christ. Rest of fully trusting him for our daily life, wisdom and strength that we need to live the Christian life. And the land of Canaan expresses this rest. So in the Old Testament, Egypt represents sin. And uh, God delivered the children of Israel from sin from the penalty of sin by the blood. That was the redemption, by the redemption um, of the, you know, night with the blood on the doorposts. So, you know, and then they came, the red, they came to the Red Sea where God brought them across it, you know, when the, the Red Sea was parted. And that was by power, so by blood and by power. And today that's God's method of actually redeeming us. So the, the, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel were delivered from Egypt by blood and by power. And this is what God is still using today. He's redeeming us by blood and by power. So we have a Savior who can deliver us um, and who can give us that rest that we so much desire and so much seek, that glorious rest and joy. And that's our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us on the cross of Calvary. So the children of Israel had a hang-up and doubted right and um that was the wilderness that was in the wilderness because they didn't have that faith to actually enter into that promised land they didn't have you know the faith they didn't believe and trust in that god could actually take them to the promised land that he had actually promised them and um canaan canaan uh doesn't represent heaven 
um, it represents the place of spiritual blessing and victory and not heaven. So Paul didn't find, um, you know, didn't find it to, he, he didn't find this promised land. He didn't find Canaan until he got um, to Romans 8. So in Romans 7, we see a wilderness Christian. It describes, you know, a wilderness Christian. And we have a lot of those today. So um, it's not the picture of, you know, an unsaved man. You know, Paul then, you know, he was old and, 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 um, and weak, and he didn't find that promised land. He was a wilderness Christian, and um, it's not a picture of an unsaved man. It's a picture of a saved man that's being defeated, and that was Paul's situation. You know, it was a picture of this old man who's being defeated as a Christian, who finds no satisfaction in Christ because he is not trusting him. And this is the situation with you and me. This is the situation with us today because we tend to put our trust in other things. We tend to believe, oh, this is going to work. Let me put my trust in, the, in this thing. And we tend to remove Christ from it because we don't have that faith and conviction and believe in, in that, that actually God will pull through. God will be there for us. He's always been there for us. So now, Scripture reads verse 16 of Hebrews chapter 3. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? So God was not pleased with them because they had heard but didn't believe. But, you know, they all came out of Egypt and had enough faith for that. You know, God promised them he was going to actually deliver them. They had enough faith for that. But, you know, once they crossed the Red Sea, they started, they began to doubt. And God was not pleased with them. Verse 17 goes on to read, Now with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned? whose corpses fell in the wilderness. So, you know, what exactly was the sin that these people actually committed? It was unbelief. And today, we don't recognize this as, you know, a serious sin today. You know, we don't recognize it, you know, when we doubt and all. We don't recognize it as a serious sin. And this is one of the worst sins um, that we have. Um, it leads to other sins you know once we start to have those doubts and all this is when now the other sins come start to fall in you know for the children of israel you know it led them to calf worship fornication and you know absolute denial and rejection of christ because they started to doubt and they started to put their faith and belief in other things and this is what we have today you know we don't have that full conviction and belief and faith in god you know there are many christians today who walk after the world you know i know like it steps on toes it's an uncomfortable thing but you know we tend to do it i tend to do it you know we tend to actually walk um after the world today and don't know what it is to trust in christ and walk in complete faith in him we actually don't know that a lot of us haven't reached that particular point so um in this verse he asked a question and um that's in verse 17 and the question was um now with whom was he angry 40 years so you know all he was angry with all the crowd you know all that crowd that came out of egypt with the exception of joshua and caleb and um, they were the only two that made it into the land into canine 
even Moses didn't make it into the land but for Moses it wasn't you know um, it wasn't because he didn't have disbelief it was um, disobedience of God you know it was not a lack of faith but it was um, um, you know it was because he was angry with the children of Israel um, you know when they turned away from God so that's when he you know he 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 smited that rock he smited the rock twice because um you know and he wasn't supposed to do that because the rock had already been smited um had already been smitten rather and um you know that rock actually came twice that rock is um the lord jesus christ okay so verse 18 of um, hebrews chapter 3 reads and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest but to those who did not obey so here, the rest that's being talked about is the rest of Canaan. That's the promised land. The writer is not talking of heaven because, you know, they all died in the wilderness anyway. And, you know, they proceeded. They went to heaven. And uh, they knew nothing about walking in Canaan and enjoying its fruits and um, finding satisfaction in just believing in God. And God said they won't enter his rest. And he took an oath on that. God didn't need to take an oath on that, but he took an oath on that. And if God takes an oath on that, it is going to actually happen. So the sin that kept them from, you know, these blessings was unbelief. And this is what keeps us, you know, from that satisfaction and joy that we, we should experience, the blessings that God has for us. It's because of unbelief. So unbelief robs us of blessings and leads to other sins so the minute we start you know um doubting um you know the minute we actually neglect the word of god it leads to doubting and it leads to other sins so now um verse 19 goes on to read so we see that they could not enter because of unbelief so it's unbelief that actually um leads to um to other sins so it's unbelief that kept them in the wilderness and today we have a lot of wilderness christians so this was what was dropping um that was that this is what robbed them of um their blessings and this is what is robbing us of many blessings today the the, the peril of unbelief now we move on to chapter four and in chapter four we have from verse one and two we have a continuation of the warning of unbelief and we will also see that christ is superior to jo to joshua so moses led them out of egypt but couldn't lead them into um you know couldn't lead them in into the promised land and joshua led them into the land but couldn't give them rest at all um, because many of them never found rest in the land and um the world of the flesh and the devil robbed many of them of the blessings god had for them so we live in a wicked world today that's not a friend of grace or the believer and we need to actually recognize this today that you know um you know the world of the flesh is actually robbing us from the blessings that god has for us because this world is not kind it's not kind to the word of god it's not kind to the to the grace of god it's not kind to believers verse one of chapter four um, Hebrews reads therefore so now we have another swinging door you know into the past and into the future so therefore since a promise remains of entering his rest let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it so we have the first letters here right so therefore it says therefore since the promise of rest um, remains in entering his rest let us so we have the first 
lettuce, the word lettuce. So the writer um, constantly urges believers to go on with the Lord. Um, and scripture tells us we have not received the spirit of bondage. That's what scripture tells us. Um, we have not received the spirit, the, 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 the spirit of bondage um, again to fear. So that's um, we have that in Romans 8 verse 5 and in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. And let me just turn there and read. So read Romans 8 verse 15, sorry. So Romans 8 verse 15 reads, <clears throat> For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And um, 2 Timothy verse 1, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 reads, <clears throat> For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So here, you know, obviously some people are going to say, okay, but here scripture is actually saying, um, let us fear. So because here it says, therefore, since he promised, he since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear least any of you seem to have come short of it. Right? <clears throat> so, we do well to actually fear. Scripture says the fear of the Lord that's in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the fear the writer is talking about is for a purpose. It's for entering into his rest. The rest will be compared um, to canine and the Sabbath day. So, um, you know, different types of rests are actually um, um, talked about as we go on further. So we have the creation rest. That's the writer here, is, and that's what the writer here is talking about, and um, about that. And then there's the canine rest. So he is saying to believers, be afraid. You don't wanna miss that rest. You know, like you don't wanna miss the, that blessing. You know, like the children of Israel who were the wilderness Christians, they missed that blessing. So, you know, how many believers are missing it today? So have we entered into his rest? So, you know, fear here. Dr. Steve McGee gave a great example. He's scared of rattlesnakes. You know, the Bible says, yes, we have not been given this, you know, the, 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 the spirit of fear. But I see a rattlesnake. I'll be wise to actually move over. I see a lion. I'm not going to walk towards the lion and say, oh, hey, big cat, how are you? No, I'll be wise enough to actually fear that lion that I come into contact with. So this is what the writer is actually talking about. You know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So once we fear the Lord, um, it's that fear and respect, that reverence that we're supposed to have for the Lord um, in order for us to actually know him and believe in him and have faith in him and, you know, receive that rest and enter into his rest. So do we know what it is really to actually trust um, the Lord Jesus Christ and to rest in him? That's what we're supposed to be asking ourselves. That's what I'm supposed to be asking myself. Do I really know what it's like, like what it really means to actually trust um, in Christ today? And every day is a learning curve for me. Every day I'm learning and I'm, 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 I'm learning scripture and I'm growing and I'm trusting in Christ. So verse 2 of chapter 4, Hebrews reads, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So now, you know, there is the rest of salvation, which is the rest of trusting Christ as the Savior. And that's 
you know, that's the rest that is being talked about here. So if we trust in him, you know, we have that salvation. It is not the good works and all that actually save us today. I'll, you know, I'll do all these great works and all. That's not what's going to save me. It's actually the rest in the Lord Jesus Christ that's going to actually save me. That's going to make me receive that salvation. Because Christ, he redeemed um, himself for me. He shed his blood for me on that cross. Verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 4 goes on to read, For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he said. So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So now here, you know, here he is discussing the salvation rest, the rest of trusting Christ. How much are we trusting Christ? You know, doing works has nothing to do with entering or losing our, you know, sorry, with, with earning or losing our salvation. For we are saved by, you know, having complete faith in Christ, um, in the Lord Jesus Christ and entering into his rest. So, you know, um, I, I remember when I first started um, this um, study, um, it was in the book, is it Ephesians, where Dr. David McGee kept on insisting, you know, faith plus nothing, you know, um, you know, it is equal to salvation. You know, I was like, huh, you know, now I understand, you know, it's not your good work that you are going to make you receive that salvation. It's, 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 it's works of faith, but you know, just faith. Christ just wants us to go to him in faith, in complete faith in him. And uh, verse four um, goes on to read, for we have spoke, for he has spoken in a certain place on the seventh day in this way and God rested on the seventh day from all his works so here now um, this is the Sabbath God you know this is the Sabbath that is being talked about and God rested so the Sabbath today is not a day like you and I keep we should ask ourselves if we have entered into the real Sabbath today and really trusted in Christ alone because he rested he did everything um, you know if we have trusted in him and entered into, um, you know, the rest of Christ, believed in him for our salvation and not, you know, trust into anything else. So seven days a week is the Sabbath of resting in Jesus Christ. So every day is a day we're supposed to believe in Jesus Christ. And not just pick a day like, oh, hey, because Christ rested. He worked for six days and rested on the seventh day. So I will keep that day as a day of rest. We're supposed to rest in Jesus Christ. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we begin on Saturday again. So we're supposed to find rest in our Lord Jesus Christ every day. So verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 4 goes on to read, And again, in this place they shall not enter my rest. Verse 6, Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. So it's unbelief that robs us. You know, you and me of the rest of salvation and the rest of the blessings that God can give us. It's that unbelief, that doubt, because we tend to put our trust in, you know, the flesh. Verse 7 goes on to read, again, he designates a certain day saying to David, Today, after such a long time as it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So here he's saying today, um, that today, it is today for you and me. Um, and um, 
back then it was a day for them for those people then um, it was another day and um, here the today is the now this is the time for salvation now is the time for salvation now is the time to put all our trust and faith and believe in the lord jesus christ verse 8 goes on to read for if joshua had given them rest then he would not afterwards have spoken of another day so here they say if joshua so joshua the word joshua means savior and jesus also means savior in greek so it said um that joshua you know it said that Joshua was old and stricken in years, and yet he was so much, you know, and yes, there was actually so much land to actually conquer. So they hadn't entered into all the blessings of God. And um, they had, um, you know, into, they hadn't actually conquered everything that the blessings that God had actually for them. So Joshua wasn't able to actually do it for them. Um, Joshua led them into that um, promised land, but he didn't actually um, um, give them the rest they actually needed. So if you and I trust in Christ today, he can let us enter into Canaan. Let us not be wilderness Christians. He will let us enter into Canaan, into that rest, um, into the Canaan of the present day, you know, where we'll receive blessings, joy, um, you know, the fruits of, of, of the blessings and the joy that we actually so seek. So it's unbelief today that robs us of blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ today. You know, God has so many blessings for us, but it's up to us, actually. Um, he, it's now that we, now is the time to receive salvation. It's now that we have to have the belief and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for us to receive those blessings, the joy, you know, the fruits that we actually so seek. Let us not be wilderness Christians. Let us trust, put our full trust in, in God. So yeah, this is today's teaching. Um, it's been a great teaching. Um, very good application. Thank you all for listening. God bless and have a pleasant Monday. Bye-bye.